250 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer. You are stumbling into another edition of the Taking All Wrong Podcast. I, as always, am your host, J.D. Mill. A little bit different this week. Uh, once again, uh, work-related uh, items threw me a bit of a curveball this week. And... Um, yeah, so recording late and uh, recording without a guest and recording while I'm driving. So uh, you may be stumbling in, but I am stone cold sober, maybe for the first Top Pod ever. I can't, I'm having trouble remembering if I've uh, ever, how many times I've not had a cocktail or a beer while recording this podcast, but as I'm driving in the state of Minnesota, they frown upon such things, Uh, so I am sober as previously mentioned. Uh, So, going to go solo and completely stream of consciousness this week, and we'll see what happens. Uh, It's not like we have any sponsors that we need to appease. Uh, The only people I need to try to keep happy are uh, you guys and I've done a poor job of it to this point so why uh, why put in any additional effort than normal hey Gulf's big win uh, over Colorado um, didn't see that coming um, yeah it was one of those you know the first half was a little bit maddening uh, you know, obviously with the issues from a kicking standpoint, uh, felt like the offense stalled a little bit. Um, but overall, what a what a fun game. Uh, the defense, I mean, Joe Rossi's defense was lights out. And, it, I mean, crazy to see that after the Miami of Ohio game. However, um, you know, I know that Miami of Ohio runs a – a different offense. They really uh, want to get the ball out quickly and seemed like we had trouble working on that. I also wonder, you know, I know that teams don't look ahead, um, but I feel like maybe coaches do. And so, you know, after the, the effort against um, the Ohio State Buckeyes and then looking forward to a trip to Boulder to face Colorado you just got to wonder if there was maybe a little bit of a hangover, maybe mail it in a little bit um, against Miami of Ohio. I hate to say that, but uh, anyways, just uh, just a quick thought. Um, speaking of uh, the Gophers um, in Colorado, I, we mentioned it last week, but you know, Fleck had said we've got some some ideas on how we're going to deal with the altitude and it basically sounds like the, the plan was be in Colorado uh, in that altitude uh, as short amount of time as possible so sounds like the team flew in got in about dinner time Friday night and we're flying back out shortly after the game on Saturday and obviously it seemed like it didn't really affect uh, the altitude didn't seem to affect the team uh, offense obviously uh, really seemed to kind of come together a little more in the second half. Obviously, 
Um, can't say enough good things about Trey Potts. Um, great effort, obviously, against Colorado, a team that um, I think, if I recall correctly, had only given up like maybe 100 yards or something like that to um, to Texas A&M. So great effort from the running backs. Really fun to see uh, Bucko Irving, who we're not referring to as Bucky anymore, Bucko Irving, true freshman, and Kai Thomas. So a little bit more running back by committee. It was sort of, uh, uh, again, driving. Don't have stats in front of me, but I think... Um, I think Potts had like 24 carries, and then basically Bucko had half of that, and Kai had half of that again, or some somewhere in that in that range. So a little bit more running back by committee. Certainly not completely balanced, and I wouldn't expect uh, that it is going to be completely balanced at any point. I think uh, Potts will continue to be the bell cow, but you know they always talk about uh, the old Glenn Mason hair and a spare and uh certainly seems like we we have that i'm not quite sure who the pair is right now obviously Potts, uh probably irving but uh some combination of those three gentlemen uh with Potts getting the the bulk of the carries awesome to uh have chris ottman bell back a couple of big catches uh to extend drives and um just a presence out there to be able to take a little bit of pressure off of uh, Daniel Jackson and Dalen Wright. So that was a lot of fun. Doesn't look like uh, Tanner Morgan and Crab uh, missed too much um, or, or made a, had any trouble kind of getting back in their rhythm. So um, so that was a lot of fun to see. And then obviously um, with the rushing attack and, and whatnot, have to give a huge shout out to the offensive line. I I, th I think I said it on Twitter, but basically, I mean, the first time since 2019, for sure, that we can look at our both our offensive and defensive lines and go, hey, uh, those are some real uh, Big Ten maulers out there that can really uh, go make space when they need to, protect when they need to. Um, you know, obviously, the, the offensive line, or excuse me, the defensive line, uh, getting to the quarterback was great to see after uh, the first couple of weeks of the season. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Didn't do, I don't think, a lot of blitzing, but um, was a lot of fun to be able to see uh, four or five guys uh, get to the quarterback and really get some disruption. Sorry about that. I had to cut the recording off because I almost got run over by... Somebody who's probably too old to be driving. Uh, anyways, uh, I was thinking too, uh, while that happened, didn't MV used to do some shit like this? Like record on his way home from games or something in the car? I feel like that was video and that was, I mean, significantly more dangerous than what I'm doing. At, you know, holding up phone or a camera can't even hold a phone in Minnesota without getting uh, getting in trouble anyways uh, I think I was talking offense uh, maybe I was talking defense I don't remember uh, in any case uh, lights out performance by the defense holding 
a power five team to under 100 yards, under, uh, to under 100 yards in their stadium uh, is uh, is got to be pretty rare. So that was cool. Uh, and then, of course, uh, first shutout since 2006. First Power 5 shutout, I believe, since 1977, if I recall that correctly. Um, so, so that was really cool to see. And, you know, it kind of continues the theme, part of the theme of what we saw in 2019, which was sort of... It felt like the program under P.J. Fleck was starting to sort of like slay some of these old demons, you know, things we hadn't done uh, in a long time, number of wins and beating Wisconsin and Power 5, and now we're on a, I think, 21-game non-conference winning streak, uh, getting that uh, getting that shutout, um, obviously just a, a really impressive performance all around and um really a lot of fun to see uh other thing too speaking of fun i mean sounds like they're talking ten thousand some gopher fans were in colorado obviously beautiful location saw the pictures um of the stadium and the backdrop and uh speaking of mv he was there other uh other top hot alums uh uh, West Coast Jake was there. Stepper was there. Um, all kinds of all kinds of people were out and uh, put on a great show. Sounds like the 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 fan, or excuse me, the team and PJ were super appreciative of that. So awesome win over Colorado. Um, nice to to beat a Power Five opponent uh, in the non-conference. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are saying Colorado's not a good team, um, and I get that. Uh, that's fine. I think, you know, one of the things that I recall our friend uh, Frothy Gopher saying um, after the Miami of Ohio game was, hey, you know, this might not have been pretty, but this is exactly the kind of game the Gophers would traditionally find a way to lose. And, you know, I think we can sort of say the same thing about Colorado in some sense. This is, this is not a game that a ton of us ton of people were super confident in um you know just the fact of it being a road trip and altitude and another power five team that had just put up a really good showing against texas a&m i think uh that's another thing that that uh, is a positive from this is um that this is this is in in history uh this may not be the type of game that the gophers uh would win much less win handily and uh and um and by a shutout so really good effort all around uh great win great fans and uh super excited to uh move on in the non-conference and see where things go from here all right hey how about that through the magic of the internet and recording devices uh, i'm home now uh and uh so let's uh let's let's keep the party going so uh, like I said, overall, great win at Colorado. I'm not 100% sure how much it tells us about the team, but um, definitely good to see the W again uh, in a situation that traditionally maybe the Gophers uh, might have struggled. So looking ahead to 
um, geez, I almost said Miami of Ohio. Bowling Green. How about that? The the um, uh, the second MAC team we're playing this season, and I'm I'm seeing a 31 point spread. Uh, Gophers favored by 31 uh, with an over under. I heard this morning, I believe uh, it was uh, 51. So basically, Vegas is looking at this and saying Gophers 41. And uh, I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to, uh, to say Miami of Ohio. Bowling Green is who we're playing. Bowling Green 10 is kind of uh, what Vegas is seeing. Uh, you kind of wonder if Vegas will ever catch up to um, flex risk aversion in these games. Um, you know, who who knows? Having said that, maybe Vegas looked at what the offensive line did last week, what the uh, running backs did last week, and says, hey, um, maybe they just uh, exert their will and, and run over Bowling Green and um, just make this a, a game where time of possession is super lopsided, yardage is super lopsided, and we, uh, uh, we, we see a big win here. So who, who knows how Vegas sees that. I did um, listen to Gopher Gridiron Radio uh, earlier today, and um, Ryan Burns was talking a lot about how um, uh, Bowling Green likes to move side to side, uh, get, get guys open in space. Sounds a little bit scary for our linebackers, but I think that the difference in athleticism um, should be markedly different. And um, it sounds like uh, Miami of Ohio is uh, quite a bit better team than than Bowling Green is. So uh, it'd be awesome to see the Gophers cover that 31. Um, I have a tough time seeing that being the case um, just because I know how things have come out in these games before then again uh bowling green is one and two uh with their lone win over murray state the racers the racers of murray state which if i'm not mistaken murray state is an fcs team so uh should should (laughs) should be interesting looks like a beautiful fall day on saturday homecoming um so looks like it's gonna be uh kind of in the 50s there in the morning, sunny, warm up to like 60s during the game, um, but should be just an awesome day for football. And I would love for it to be a day that we can uh, sit there in the in the sun at the bank and, and just uh, relax and not have to be on edge like we were a couple of weeks ago with, uh, with uh, Miami of Ohio. Um, I don't, you know, there's also this, uh, thing kicking around out there with, uh, USC coaching search, uh, underway, you know, flex name is, uh, in the mix as far as the discussions on that. Um, uh, you know, uh, strange to fire a coach two games into the season. So you've got a full season basically to, um, kind of see who's out there and have this speculation over your head. Um, there are folks in our fan base who are convinced PJ is leaving, um, based on some language he used in some, some, uh, press conferences this week, sort of talking about things about after I'm gone and, and yada, yada. There are others in our fan base who think that, um, it, it would have to be a super specific situation in order for Fleck to leave. 
Um, you know, for my part, there are some schools out there that would seem that might be interested in in Flex brand. And, you know, it'd be a different situation at USC. Obviously, you know, really not a not a total rebuild here, but much more of a rebuild, I think, than we thought uh, when Tracy Clays was our coach. Obviously, um, did very good things at, at uh, Western Michigan. So are the situations similar? I guess. I mean, obviously, USC is not... Um, anywhere close to, to rock bottom, but as far as they are concerned and their fans are concerned, um, you know, definitely not where they expect to be. So, um, you know, is that a job that Fleck would be interested in? Would the folks in LA embrace the row the boat culture? I don't know, man. I, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a tough putt. Um, I kind of tend to think that things are going well here for Fleck and really, have a chance to build something great. I think it seems like he and his family have really, um, you know, uh, become a big part of the the Twin Cities community. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks um, as far as a contract extension. Fleck did not get a contract extension in 2019. Obviously, um, COVID had something to do with that, if I understand correctly, because no extension came through last year. Um, his buyout is pretty low, I believe, right now. And for a school like USC and and big money donors, they they wouldn't have a problem paying it either way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I, I am of the belief that Fleck will still be here. Uh, will still be our coach next year. Um, and I'm hopeful for quite a while, based on how things are going. But you never know. Strange, uh, strange things can happen in college football. And uh, boy, there are some folks in our fan base that if PJ Fleck left would go from uh, this guy's a clown two years ago to worshiping him in 2019 uh, to uh, just screaming, I told you so from the rooftops. We all know uh, some of those folks in our fan base. So uh, that would obviously not be good. Um, but you know, there would be no denying that um, Fleck had elevated the the level of this program and the talent in the program and the program's visibility in the community, uh, no matter what happens. So um, I think that's probably all I'm going to say on that topic, uh, unless some news comes out. But um, that that speculation is it's just going to be there until USC hires a coach. It just is what it is. It's it's the it's the nature of the beast when you are a uh, mid power five conference team uh, that is on the rise and has a high profile coach. It just kind of comes with the territory. It's it is what it is, and we should be thankful that we're in that position right now. Not thankful that you know we could um, potentially lose our coach, obviously, but thankful that we're at that level that uh, that he's in the conversation. I guess. Uh, as perverse as that might be. So again, we'll drop uh, we'll drop that topic for now. Um, I think that's gonna do it uh, for me. Uh, apologize for uh, the on the fly and and uh, I'm sure that the um, recording quality and the transitions of this episode have been nothing but spectacular. 
And uh, who knows, maybe this will just uh, be the format going forward. And uh, if we can get a guess, we get a guess. But um, did actually try to uh, get Matt O'Connell this week. Him and I were going to record last night before the uh, S hit the fan for me um, and didn't work out. And I thought, you know what, we were going to skip this week. And then I thought, you know what, let's try to let's try to put something out there. So appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you want to share the podcast uh, after hearing this episode, uh, I mean, super thankful. Uh, that's that's really awesome. Uh, if not, <laughs> I totally understand. But we appreciate you following along and uh, telling your friends. So uh, click them and drink them. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Thanks for sharing the podcast. Jeffrick would tell us to stay classy and go Gophers. And I will remind you to row the boat and sky you ma.